everybody. Welcome to uh, Sonic Talk Special while I'm on holiday. Um, I'm here, uh, well, I'm not here. I'm actually in Bath and uh, I'm talking to Elder Island, who are there in Bristol. That's uh, uh, Dave on the left, Katie in the middle and Luke on Hello. the right. How are you doing, guys? Hi. Hello. Very well, yeah, thank very you. Very good, thank you. Uh, so you're actually um, in the middle of production rehearsals because, I mean, you've just made, uh, well, you didn't, um, the album was out in May, uh, which is called Swimming Static, right? So that's a 10-track album. That's your second album. And for a second project, I mean, you've had to do this in lockdown. I mean, that must have presented quite a lot of challenges. I mean, what, uh, how was it creatively? was intense, I'd say, <laughs> would be the word. Um, I think we were fortunate because we'd set out the time to start at that point anyway, and we were planning on hoveling away and not seeing anyone for a while while writing. So in that way, we were fortunate. But I guess the intensity and the rolling time that went on and on and on, it, it did kind of facilitate the, the album to become a little bit more <laughs> introverted. <laughs> I guess is the word. I mean, that's inevitable, isn't it? Because I mean, you know, your 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 trajectory in many ways. You know, the the previous album. Uh, now, if I pronounce this correctly, uh, Omnitone Collection, Omnitone Collection yep. uh, was sort of maybe maybe a little bit more electronic and more outgoing, uh, subject matter wise. Whereas this one, like you say, is just a, 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 a been a bit more retrospective. Because I mean, I think we've spoken to a couple of artists who've put stuff together during this period, and it's the same for them because you can't help but kind of turn inwards when there's all this sort of mad stuff going on. How how with many albums or tracks, there's often a point, isn't there? There's a turning point. There's a place where you kind of go, "This is it. This is the direction we go in." Was it the same for you, or would you do it on a track by track basis? Track by track, most of the time. Mm. Um, yeah, it's very much thinking as we went along. We, the way that we write music is that we, we start out with the initial idea by just, you know, pressing record and jamming it out for, um, an hour or so. Um, and so it's, it's, it's later on where we decide where it's going to go or how much legs the song's got, um, just by listening to it and chopping it up a little bit and going, right, let's see if we can make that into a comprehensive five minute track or three and a half minute track if that's possible condensing condensing yeah i guess with this with this album we had to change directions halfway through because we decided that we just wanted to create a huge pool of of like sessions and like live jams that we would pick from and then kind of condense down into songs and we were going to use a lot of the original um, like stems to then create them. But when, after we'd done like, what, three weeks, something like that, yeah. of, of like these long sessions, we came back and halfway through some of our interfaces had been um, not recording properly. And so they all just, all of the, yeah. all of the stems were shot. So we had to then re-record, which is a whole new kettle of fish. Yeah. Cause we did have that, phrase. we had the idea, didn't we? Of like what, what we wanted to enhance the most is the stems and these jam recordings and be right. Let's, 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 we managed to do it with a few songs in the end that, that were salvageable where we were like, okay, there's all the stems are here. It's great. We can turn them into a songs without having to re-record all the time. Yeah, like Kay said, we did have more than half that we oh, we knew had all these legs, but it just had this distorted uh, digital noise. I mean, the good thing was that the the stereo master of the jams they weren't c 
corrupted. So we, we knew what we had played for, for a continuous hour. So we knew we could hear the bits that we, we, we digged and got, got really into. So it was just, I guess, a case of recreating it again. Mm. We did focus in a different way, I guess. It made us kind of be like, okay, we just need to actually sit at a piano now and flesh these out properly instead of working off of what the original soundscapes were. So we did kind of go into town on our songwriting skills a bit more than just kind of freeform jams and piecing them together. Oh, so there is a there, is, there was some good news then. I mean, it kind of yeah. it, it, it helps. I mean, this is the thing. I mean, through adversity, often we kind of uh, create these uh, new ways of working and and hone our skills. So the new album, um, it's out. You're you're also in a position because you're not signed. You do this kind of yourself. You have distribution for the physical stuff, but so you're very much a kind of unit. I mean, your background, all of you guys, is uh, graphics and photography and fine art and whatnot, uh, based in Bristol. I guess you met during those kind of. Uh, those years of education. I mean, do, what, what, how has that worked in this instance as well? What made you decide to want to kind of opt into a, a more independent approach? It's more keeping the control of your own music and the artistic output because sometimes you can be directed in directions where you don't necessarily want to go. You want to um, kind of keep the visual element in a sort of <clears throat> specific way. Right. The audio element as well, and like especially for us in the earlier sort of stuff, because it was all jam based, we didn't want to hone them into being like poppier tracks or being put in with producers. We wanted to learn it, and it's like we didn't study music, so part of it was the education of figuring out how to produce more, how to record better, and by doing so, we always like, well, we we have the ability to do it, so let's just keep doing it, mm. and it's more rewarding in that way. It's obviously a lot more work, but we know in the future. We own all the rights to our music. We own full control of everything that happens to it. We don't see it go in a direction we never want it to. Right. Also, also if someone says, oh, like, you can't release this as a seven-minute track, we can just tell them to shove it, which is always nice. (laughs) Well, uh, interesting. We don't get that very often. There's a great documentary that you guys, a documentary film that came out with the release of uh, Swimming Static, uh, which I'll probably play a snippet in here, maybe. I guess the intention was let's write some music. There's a really nice freedom to that, just being like, let's write some music. And it's been a while since we've been able to, so it was quite exciting to be like, right, we're going to sit down and we're going to just let it play out. Yeah, just open your mind, set it free. In, it, in which you say, uh, Katie, if you want something your way, just do it yourself. And I think that's kind of, I mean, that sounds like a fairly good philosophy from the, the, the standpoint of you. But so do you do you do all the graphic, you know, you come up with the way that it's going to look, the way it sounds. I mean, you, do you have to do all the marketing and all the digital stuff or have you got people, have you got help there? We have help, um, but we... Our team work really hard and close with us to to what we want and what we want to facilitate, really. We've got an idea and we go to them and we say, we've got this idea of how we want with the marketing. And yeah, they help as much as possible. Mm. Because I guess that's the one thing, like we we do everything ourselves 
So yeah. we have a management team. Yeah. Right. Um, but we just basically work with them. And then the distributors are kind of on the end of things. So we'll, we'll just pass whatever we've made onto them. Yeah. So we do everything ourselves and, you know, getting help with, with bits is, is definitely like super useful. Like when we've, we've got so much writing of the music to do and then the artwork and then the visuals for the videos. Um, yeah, it's, it's impossible to do everything, but we, we are quite, try. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're very fussy. Yeah. Is it, is it about, con- I'm so, cause some people find it hard to relinquish control. I mean, obviously as a team, you could relinquish control to each other, you know, because you might see, okay, that idea is better than the one I've got or whatever, but that's as far as you want it to go, I suppose, in many ways. Um, I'm curious also, because um, you've, I mean, the last album, you talked 60 dates. I mean, you know, I was looking at also that, that you've d- released a few EPs and things out for you, and you've been getting massive numbers on Spotify. So you've been able to actually take this stuff out on the road, but the, it's quite complex and quite complexly put together and layered. I mean, how's that process been? Because it seems like it, that's in itself a difficult thing to uh, to be able to deal with. Yeah, I mean, it's forever changing. Um, Dave likes to rewrite the rule book every time, which is infuriating when, like for me, I'm like, oh, I'm really happy. And Dave's like, nah, we need to, we need to get this down to less um, pelly cases and make it more flyable. That's the thing for us as well. We, we want get to get, go out and see these places across the world, but um, we don't want to freight it. Um, because we, we're aware of how much analog gear we've got. And, um, I guess we we need to get to the countries quickly that we have to fly. And so it's like, right, how many minimal cases can we get with all the equipment that's necessary, um, without compromising, but we're aware that we have to compromise. It's become become Um, a real fine art, hasn't it? I mean, I know that some people, what they do, I mean, I don't know whether this is, you know, at your pay grade, as it were, but they have kind of stuff in continents. So uh, that sound, that those two phrases sound a bit weird together. That means <laughs> in continents, as in geographically, not in continents, as in anyway. No. Yeah. Let's not go into that. Uh, so you would have like a certain amount of things that you just go in a, have a lo- in a lockup on the state on the continent of, a, of the US, so that you don't need to take it all there. But um, does that mean you kind of you? Does that mean Katie, you can't take the big hats and the uh, massive frocks and stuff? You just end up with it's like no, you got one change of clothes and that's it. The rest has to be for the patch cords. <laughs> totally, yeah. It's eking into your luggage space. Just like, mm. oh, can I just tuck this digitac in with your knickers? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, no big hats allowed, really. But it's okay. I'm not too flamboyant in my in my dress code on stage. I do sometimes. I get some friends to make small outfits, but small outfits is the uh, yeah. is the word. So you you've been yeah, actually so you've been touring as well, haven't you? I mean, you've actually started because for many people this hasn't begun, but you've actually been back out into the world playing to people. How is that? Is that weird? I mean, is it, do you feel rusty? Does the stuff work okay? All of those things. Um, yeah, totally rusty. Very nervous for the first one. We played a festival stand and calling, which is in Hertfordshire. And yeah, the whole day, just really horribly nervous. But soon I was determined to enjoy it. And as soon as we got on stage, that's when you're like, oh, look, I've missed this. Mm. Missed this so much. And you, you can tell from the feedback from the crowd, it's just, it's an excellent time to be playing music. You feel very honored to be like people's firsts or like just mm. loud music. It's so, it's so wonderful to be part of it again. Well, it's, yeah. it's, euphoria is, uh, 
is a word that is used uh, in, in, in many contexts, but it's as humans, we don't actually get to experience it very often in our lives. And I imagine going out to play again, you do get a piece of that, uh, certainly after, you know, 18 months, two years of not doing it. How... Um, so how do you how do you condense the stuff down? I mean, how do you take because you've I've seen the, the shots, you've got lots of modular gear, you've got lots of DIY stuff and then you make things and kind of you can't take that. How do you condense it down? I mean, Dave, I'm, the mic's gone to you. I'm guessing that that's part, perhaps partly your domain, right? Yeah, it's yeah. kind of just testing and tweaking and it's kind of more. I think the last six months have been challenging because we've not been able to play, but we've kind of been getting prepared to play. So in that time, we've kind of used it to pick up a few new pieces and see what can downsize and rescale the rig into smaller packages. Because it's kind of knowing these are all our kind of channels and sound sources that we want to create. So sub bass, all these sort of different sort of things along the channels. But can we get that more condensed? Can we get that in a smaller package? Is there a new instrument that may be coming out soon that can kind of cater for that? One is always a Rhodes module. That's always the one which I've always had the biggest challenge with trying to get something small and small condensed. I was even playing around with an iPhone with a Korg interface this time around to see how well that could do it. But the latency is just not up to scratch on something like that. But yeah, I think we've kind of hit our max now of knowing what the instruments that we'll always need to take Right. always use and it's then how to kind of keep that but keep the sort of signal flow as good and strong as possible and then for the bigger production shows in time that we can add the additional things that can allow us to kind of envision the original recording more true in certain ways bringing the kind of right instruments that we used but as a whole now we've got the finite these are the ones we can't live without this is the the setup but it's always a mixer the mixer is always the biggest challenge because yeah. we have our mixers ourselves and this is the big one that i've i got into modular based on mixers because they're so small but also they are too small <laughs> to perform <laughs> with at the same time but um we're in discussions with a company called alice that made broadcast mixers yeah. uh, broadcast mixers um and they're remaking the mixer now but we're going to get a couple of them possibly custom modified so they suit our setups but yeah, we'll see about that one. It's very, very yeah. exciting and kind of wanting this for years and years and years. So these guys just know what they're talking about, and know what to do straight away. So oh, that brilliant. should hopefully be a big game changer for us. So going back to the studio process, I mean, obviously, you know, there's a lot of care and attention that goes into making it. Do you mix yourself or do you hand that over to somebody else? I mean, how does how do you end up with the final master? The mixing we hand over now in sort of early on like the first ep that was purely done by us no one else and then after that we've kind of always used a mixer i think it helps a lot to when there's three of us in the room trying to finalize something like that it can get so finickety that it's just like at that point getting it mixed by someone else just helps solidify that idea and it comes back and then everyone's kind of happy for the same sort of thing as well and this time round, we used um, Liam Nolan at Metropolis Studios. And we'd worked with him before on the second DP, Seeds in Sand. And he gets it for us as well. He understands us. And then we use Optimum Mastering in Bristol and kind of always have done. Yeah. It's interesting. I noticed there's a lot because there's a, there's been for many generations a kind of a Bristol sound, and there's there, you know your your sound is quite eclectic and it sort of mashes quite a lot of things together. But I'm still hearing all these kind of 
like it sounds like there's quite a lot of space echo and uh, those little spring reverb kind of tails and stuff. Am I am I am I hearing that about right? And that feels quite Bristol. So there's there's that thing going on. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It's that dub. It's that reggae, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. Especially on on this album, um, I got quite obsessed with different delays and. <laughs> If 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 the if the song already had two delays on, I was putting another two on in <laughs> different types, and I don't know why. I, I, I we've we kind of always uh, dreamt about tape delays, and then we got one a couple of years ago, and and then we just used different guitar pedals or modular pedals that had different kind of tape delays on that as well. Um, yeah, I guess it's become a quite staple thing for us. It's like I've got all the Strymon boxes doing all mm. that sort of stuff. And then, yeah, we've got a Korg. I can't remember what Stage one it is. Echo. Stage Echo in the studio. Yeah. Katie's got the like RE20 Roland. But we also work with um, Ali Chant as well, who's a producer here in Bristol. And he's, yeah, he's got a lot of nice, tasty delays and a proper Space Echo. So a lot of lovely springs. It's coming out, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. It gives it because it gives it a quite an organic feel. I mean, it's, it's. I mean, it's in some ways it's kind of fairy dust because it's. It, you know, might not be the the finishing ingredient for the song. It's not the most important thing in the song, but actually, all that periphery kind of creates the mood, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, some songs were were made purely because of um, the feedback of some delays, and it was like, oh wow, you can you can hear it on the on pianos for like here am I. It just kind of. It, it just moves in its own space somewhere whilst the rest of the song is is carrying on. Um, and yeah, we, we just like to play a lot with that, I think. Um, I don't know if it is because of Bristol or just because we just like turning knobs and like getting things wrong and right at the same time. I think there's an element of a lot of experimental music that we go and see in Bristol as well. And maybe, I don't know, maybe the laid back... Uh, or a little bit more laid back sort of um, feel of the place. You have more time to just experiment. I don't know. We just end up kind of using a lot of effects and putting it into a pot, seeing how it goes, taking it back out. and Yeah. Yeah. It is a lot of, it. yeah, loads of layers and then take it away and see like, okay, what, comparing, comparing Do all I the miss? time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're yeah. at the moment you're, work, you're, you're, you're in your studio space. You've got a dedicated studio space uh, and you're setting up for production rehearsals, I guess, because you've got some more gigs going up. What, what's, what's, is, is that about right? So you're in the middle of rehearsals, yeah? Yes. Yeah. So this is our new unit. So not where we wrote the album, which is Luke's basement. That's where we wrote that, where the mixer is and everything. But um, yeah, so this is a new space just for doing gigs and practicing for gigs. Uh, we've done a few rough trades, which have just finished. They've been amazing, actually. That, really that? lovely in store, shows. So you're doing in-store up here, right? Yeah. Yeah, we did one Bristol, Nottingham and London and just really special. So nice to speak to people after the show and basically trial all of the new album tracks. We only played new tracks just to kind of try them out, <laughs> see if they work. And I think they do, which is good. Yeah, everyone seems happy. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we're going to have, we've got the capability of having a look round and seeing what it is that you're using live. So I don't know who wants to, where should we start? Where would be the place to, to start with that? Uh, Katie at this um, point is going to uh, 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 handle the camera camera duties. Uh, that was fantastic. Yeah, Thank camera you, Katie. person. 
Yeah, oh, sorry. maybe start over on Luke's rig. Okay. And then we can come across and we'll go through Katie's rig as well and then finish back on this side by my one. So maybe a bit of explanation. Um, live, uh, I do the bass and the drums and a bit of backing singing. Right. Um, Katie does the lead singing, obviously, and cello and loops and stuff. And then Dave does guitar and synths. Uh, so we're all MIDI synced. Okay. Uh, because we use a lot of loopers, um, I I have two, but only one here at the moment. What um, are you using? Are you using I, the RC505 like everybody else? Uh, so I've actually moved to the 500s. Okay, if you want to come down here. So I've, I So this is for looping the bass guitar. So when I'm doing drums, I will... I'll loop my bass um, loops, and then I'll I'll move up to the drums, uh, and yeah, and and then I was also looping my vocals, which I've got a little. I was using a Line Six uh, DL4, but I've moved to this little MXR clone looper now. Get it more compact. Yeah. <laughs> Get it more compact. Exactly. Extra pair of underwear for needed. you. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I only needed that loop function, and the MXR does that quite nicely, which is good. So yeah, um, yeah. So I, I trigger the drums essentially, and all the loops, and that will go. That goes from here, which I've got a stop start. There you go. So that's triggering off Dave's synth there. Uh, is that yeah. the, Is that the SPDS or SPDX there you've got that for triggering stuff? Yeah, the SPDSX. So I've got this for playing certain samples. Um, it's quite quiet. Let me turn that up. Yeah. So I use this as an extra melody, I guess, playing, really. Let's see if I can go to something else. Um, so that you're not using any computers quiet. in this at all. You're, ju you're actually you're, you're so trying to trigger it all from hardware. So everything's done on hardware. We've we've um, purposely built the the whole rig from day one without using a laptop. Uh, before I used to use uh, an MPC, hmm. and I used to just trigger you know like whatever drums I could get in there. And my, mine's always been a bit of a nightmare because. Um, I, I, I program the drums or I, I control the drums in the sense of, you know, if I do it now, um, of direct outs of whatever machine. So the MPC, I'd have like six direct outs. Right. Um, and then I'd have my kick, my snare, my hi-hats, um, and my toms and so on. And so I'd use a DJ mixer before. And that was always a bit of trouble for the sound guy because he he would only have my left and right feed of yeah. everything that I was doing. So um, if he, yeah, if he needed to turn down the kicks, he couldn't, and he couldn't tell me. Um, and so of recent, I've had to build a mixer um, using modular. Um, is that what that so is there? All, I, is that a MIDI controller or a modular? Yeah. So it's a MIDI USB controller. Right. Um, I'm running all of my direct outs out of the Electron, which is now my full um, analog drum machine because it's got samples and the analog engine. So I've got all my direct outs coming out into a into modular, into oh, VCAs, wow. 
and oh, wow. I'm using the Expert Sleepers FH2 to MIDI CV convert, which is letting me have all of these things. So they're just on VCA. Then oh, sent. Wow, interesting. Yeah, exactly. And then sent down to my DI where they've all got kicks, snare, hi-hat. Um, toms and samples and stuff. So that's something that we figured out. Um, and I use a lot of, um, you know, low pass, high pass filters like a DJ essentially in the, in the show, which I've just programmed on the Electron, which is good. Um, but what I found because I'm using, what is it? Um, I'm using, I guess it's a filter each track that sometimes it doesn't sound as nice and lush as a DJ filter. Right. Um, so it's it's a bit of compromise, but it's something that, you know, it, it's working at the moment. The problem is, is that, um, you know, when I change a program and I've got my my delays or whatever going, I it kind of just cuts. Sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm knob chasing there's a ah, right. so cause it, analog because the parameter the parameter access it has to it's got to go into exactly. pickup mode right yeah got you. yeah so that's one of the biggest challenges that i find because I, I i prefer using it as a I, I like using it as an instrument being fully controlled so you know i, I want to send my things to ascend but without creating more channels in a modular line to do a send channel it's it's you know it's just constantly getting the balance right and relearning to to do it but you know this is this is my rig now where it's just one board when before i used to have two of these and a big old you know chunky 15 kilo mixer like um and with no direct outs mine's pretty simple and compared to everyone else um, what's that full button thing is that the um boom bap uh the yeah it is that's the boom Corey, bap, that's which Corey's is really fantastic. yeah I, I love this thing it's um i got it recently um uh, because i think I s can we get I a bit it? of a close-up of I that got, is that right yeah, so I got um, performance what's effects, it aren't they? The, yeah. yeah, they're great. I got the um, the Isler Instruments S two four hundred recently, and he, Brad, posted that he got one of these, and um, yeah, I used to use the Roland MX one mixer, and it has a scatter effect, right? And this thing does the scatter in a similar sort of way, really, which I um, really enjoy. Excellent. Good to see. Uh, uh, I don't know how a, loud that is for you. It's not very loud. I can just about. Corey's a regular, no. uh, 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 sometimes uh, guest on Sonic Talk. So uh, nice to see some of his his mm. hardware in there. Is it? Well, great. Yeah, I love it. Um, yeah, I, I love it. There's there's a few things which I'd. I'm, I'm, I've only had it a few weeks, so I'm learning it. And but it's it's really great live. Like we've um, we've really it's it's been good. How do I? We. The way that we do live is very on the fly sometimes, and right. this has really helped transitions of tracks. Ah, yes, I can imagine, yeah. So, so I can, yeah. Right. Neat. That's a really clever yeah. setup using the VCAs and the, uh, and the modular. I've, n I've never seen that before, so nice one. It took, it took yeah. me quite a while to figure that one out. Yeah, Dave, um, Dave. I've, I've been trying to basically, because I'm into my electronics, I was actually designing this from scratch, but the modular started to peer its head yeah. a bit more, <laughs> so it costs a damn sight more, but it we've been able to do it buying off the shelf components, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. works, it works, but all Electron have to do is give global VCA control and then wouldn't even need all that. 
So <laughs> that's a shout out to Electron. <laughs> so uh, I guess we could have a look um, at uh, what's next. Is it is it your setup, Dave, or, or uh, Katie's? We'll go to Katie we'll in the go middle to Katie. here. Katie, do you want me to? Let me take the well, I, camera. I I thought I was just going to be. <laughs> I thought right. I was just going to be camera, camera lady. So. Um, but it looks like yeah. it, it looks like what you're doing there is you have quite a lot of control over. You're, you're doing sort of performance effects on your voice live as well. There's a looper there, right? Yes. So live manipulation and loops of vocals, um, which is in a way freeing because I don't have to use samples and I don't have to. Um, like rely on anything being there already. I just make it all on the fly. Do you want to take this mic and then you? Then you can oh yeah, go on then. In. Swapsies. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't know. Can I guess? Uh, hang on, two seconds. Just put my send on my feed. Will it work? Live manipulation and looping. I guess I could start with the effects. So. Um, for different songs, uh, we used a lot for this album. We used a lot of like the harmonizer, old like 80s style. Yeah. So I've got my H9, which, which will be, be like, like the thickeners. I've got two different types. That's like a proper um, pitch shift harmonizer, which is nice for just normal singing, sounding cyber. And then yeah, another thick one. And then if I want to do something a little more atmospheric. Oh, well, a bit more atmospheric is an understatement, but I've got a big black hole to do the nice spatial things and then just like a plate reverb. Uh, I've got a delay that I can put for washes on, so... Uh, and uh, I've got expression. Oh, yeah, I should probably turn that off. Uh, expression for the H9, so I can kind of get two two different kind of levels of each wow. um, effect, which is really nice. So on like the black hole, I've got one that I can kind of sing on and then one that's so washy that like if I sang more than one note, it would just go mental and the sound guy would be very cross with me. Um, so do all, so the, do, do all these effects, do all these come out separately or are, are you sending the front of house your vocal mix or a, an effects mix and a dry mix? Separately, so there that's the magic that we've worked on for a long time. I've got so my vocal we used to use an Eventide mix, mix link, yeah, mix like on link. the last tour, which basically my vocal could come into and then split into all of the effects and the loopers. Whereas now this is temporary because we're trying to wait for another workhorse which will be in the in the one U rack. Um, so we're using this to split, which is the API, and then this one that I never remember the name, the EXTC, and then a couple of numbers. Um, so yeah, being mic split, being mic split up top as well. All right, okay. Yeah, so then that comes out the API, splits it to the loopers and the H9 and the delay, right? Everything else. Um, yeah, basically a big multi-tool. So it sounds like you've got a hell of a lot to do there. I mean, have you? Uh, uh, there must be a certain amount of choreo. Are, are you spending a lot of time? Are you able to uh, to face the audience and engage or do it, or do you have to spend a lot of time actually thinking about what you're doing with your feet? Or are you? Uh, I guess that's the point. I do spend. I guess in a way, yeah. The rehearsal is big for me because I really need to drum it in, so I have time to then look up and engage. Otherwise, I am. I think when I first started performing. 
it was almost a safety blanket to be busy yeah. to not have to engage as much but now i notice how, how how important it is and so yeah i have to kind of still engage whilst pressing loads of buttons frantically i probably look like an absolute clown on stage but especially when i'm playing the cello one leg looping and adjusting something but wow. it's all a song and dance in the end Flatly so to do. it's quite fun so the loopers yeah. are, the, are the loopers synced to the master tempo i mean does it just kind of all work yes like so it's all everything apart from like the temp tempo and the effects everything else is connected to the universal midi so yeah get clock for the cello and for the both of the loopers, which right. is nice. So that's not as technical as before it used to be, like timing. Huh? And the ditto. And the ditto. So yeah, it runs through the ditto into the 505 and then into the helicon. Um, yeah, and it's a lot of fun because now I have two loopers. So I loop into the one looper and then I can make loops, snapshot loops from these loops on the 505 and then play those as like wow. little snaps so you can be like in small plastic heart you're like can we hear this yeah and then when we stop it we've got these guys So using a looper almost like a sampler in in in, a, in the yeah. old, old school sense. That's a really interesting way of doing things. Yeah. So yeah, mostly good. Sometimes if I I don't know I've done a duff loop and it's all out of yeah. key or something, and I'm like they're like sorry, sorry, sorry. Mm. <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> God, um, I didn't. So I yeah, mean, so you've, you've got a lot to do. I mean, you're not just you know you're not just singing, and uh, you've got a, a lot to do. Yeah, wow. Mm, yeah, it's uh, it's good. I'm kind of I'm working on my singing as well because uh, I think because I've, I'm so focused on this, I end up singing in a very lazy way. Uh, so I, I've I've been doing like vocal lessons, which has been really amazing to kind of sing in a more in a in a way that has more longevity. <laughs> Well, that, I mean, as, as a lot of people say, I mean, the, mo the more rehearsal you do and the more it gets into muscle memory, that means that you can put more yeah. of your emotive performance and, and there's more of your brain left to emote into the actual vocal, which is what people will engage with, right? Totally, yeah. I've, I've been working on getting into my flow state, so it's all just there already. Wow. Um, yeah, so that's me. And then obviously cello which I don't think is coming through at the moment, but yeah, actually I don't affect the cello much. It's just got a nice reverb on and then I loop it. And the ditto is great because it's just got enough post effects that I can do to the loops. Like it's got a hold, which like jug, 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 or a reverse. You can double it up pitch and then that pitch shifts it up or down if you want to make the low ones. What's, the, just, sorry, yeah, what's the ditto? Enough, Who really? makes that? I know the name. I just can't picture that. Uh, TC Electronic. TC Electronic, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, got you. So clean, like kind of nice reverb cello just comes in and then I can just affect the loops. At the moment, it's not playing, which is weird, but... Um, yeah, it's enough, but it's quite a lot of fun. So if you're ever at one of our gigs and you hear kind of a bagpipe sort of, uh, <laughs> like a, a bab bagpipe noise, it's um, probably the cello that's been reversed and then doubled. So it pitch shifts and it's kind of like a... 
Oh, that sounds good. Nice. Interesting. With my mouth, but <laughs> I got you. Well, because you're you're back. You know, you started off more in the sort of. Uh, in the folk area of of music, so this has been quite a shift from more folk to, you know, fully electronic and all sorts of technology stuff going on. So yeah, quite a transition. Yeah, we spent a long time with uh, acoustic cellos turning up in front of house to just be like, why? Uh, yeah, <laughs> why have you done this yeah, with different you... pickups? And we did get a good one. There's a realist uh, cello pickup, which I think was the one we settled on when we were using the acoustic cello. So for any cellist out there that you want to keep it acoustic, Try, check out the realist. But if you want to go without, like, without worries of feedback, get the old electric cello. Yeah, nice. People will be much happier. So I guess we're on to uh, the third stage, because there's three stations. David. So uh, now we're on to Dave's rig, right? Yeah. Just come round and get behind it. So you've actually got keys. <laughs> I've got keys, yeah. So what's that main keyboard? So is, is that a Dave Smith? Yeah, it's a Profit Rev 2. Ah, so this choice. one was, um, yeah, I mean, I got the Rev 1 and I loved it. And then they re released the Rev 2 and the addition of the effects and just putting an IEC power cable on it. I was like, I'm sold. That's amazing for life. <laughs> but so, that's uh, the kind of main... Right. keys that are running through this so it's like the main profit chords that i use for all the like yeah, corded based playing Get a bit wild. it's so juicy and i've noticed what so what else have you got up there there's uh is there some modular stuff i can't quite Oh, yeah, yeah so up modular. top, th this is where the, um, so my channel count is like the Minotaur is the, does all the sub-bass duties. So this one will, does all the big bass. Oh yeah, that's big. Nice. And get sequenced from the, um, yeah, do a lot of the sequencing from the Digitact. So that will sequence that kind of the Moog and the Tetra and the Prophet is mainly played throughout instead and... This is where the other yeah, sort of this is the little mixer area for these kind of instruments up here. So the Moog is being run through here and then can be sent through the magneto. That's massive. Oh, the yeah, and the Tetra as well. Yeah, because it's using the analog synths on these sort of things, it's like pretty much all that gets run is analog synths, and that's why it kind of playing live, we have a much more raw punchy sound and you don't feel like you need to bring all these additional elements to make the sound thick whereas this just cuts yeah i mean that, that a, a good quality electronic instrument through a pa is a thing of beauty to behold it definitely has yes yeah you really yes, it is. you really sort of get it don't you go oh okay that's and because you see it with people who are performing with modular as well because it's all sort of a bit bleepy bloopy on youtube but then when you when you hear it on a massive speaker you're like oh yeah okay i get it now yeah and that's why yeah that is why but it's, yeah it's got that low end hasn't it it's got yeah, yeah. and really the punches through yeah. mm, so yeah. I don't, have you but got a, a is that a fader fox there that of some that kind. is a fader fox yeah so this is so yeah this is all the kind of synthesis rig is up top um and then moving down the fader fox is kind of basically my controller for my pedal board and 
this is being run because this fader oh, fox is in a fixed wow. yeah well that's kind of doing multiple things at the moment it's like it's midi convert this fader fox is um got in a fixed midi state so you can't change any of the midi on it so that is being rooted into the zoya and it's controlling the zoya as a sort of dj eq and um a big reverb send as well but it's also MIDI mapping, like remapping the MIDI CCs of this to be able to control this looper at the same time. So I can do the volume control of that. Because we used to use these guys. Uh, 45,000s were our staple loopers. But right. we've, I think, been through about six of them. They're, they're a bit temperamental and being flown around and gigged a lot. The, oh, yeah. It was, yeah, it was time to like look at the new sort of thing. And with these new Boss RC500s, they, um, you can customize them to work in any which way you please. And I really, really rate them because able to, with MIDI controller, I've got hand control of volume and effects on the looper, but foot control still down here. The audio then doesn't have to... I used to have the guitar audio going through the pedal board up top to then go back down again, which was kind of problematic, basically, right. running it in so many which ways. But but yeah, yeah, the, the big kind of part of our, our rigs are these, um, the Boss MS3 are big parts of our sort of setups as well, as they were allowed to sort of move, transition through all the tracks and move to the next kind of part. So they send sort of program changes up to the, um, the electron boxes, basically, and move to our next patches and next parts. And how are you running MIDI over those long distances? Are you using regular DIN or have you got some other fancy way? Are you converting to Ethernet? Yeah, we're... We never cross over 10 meters, luckily, at the moment. We kind of always keep ourselves within it, but we've got the analog rhythm is the master clock, but we recently picked up the ERM multi-clock because there would always be a little bit of latency on MIDI sync. So adding that to the chain is just cleaned everything up massively. It's just makes the master clock source so so stable and we've not really seen an issue now at right. all and i guess you could put it in the middle so you could have it 10 meters away from and then put another 10 yeah. meters to the output so you get a bit more yeah. a, a, active split i suppose in a way it becomes yeah exactly yeah yeah that's it it's living in katie's rig at the moment so she's in the middle so it'll just hit that part feed her setup and then it will carry on to mine so i'm at the bottom of the chain basically Wow. I mean, it's it's still, I mean, looking at all that stuff, I'm still trying to envisage how on earth you get all that in carry-on. <laughs> well, so it's not in carry-on. Do you do carry-on or do you, are you putting some of this stuff in the hold if you flow? Oh, yeah, in it's the in the hold. But um, What are we on, 12 cases, 13? I think we're on 12 cases. Kate's going to take you over to where all the, uh, all ah, the, the cases luggage. are living. Yeah. yeah. Ah, okay, right. Yeah, it's all it's all in like yeah SKB or Pellies or mainly Pelliers is what we're trying to move to now because it shaves off like two or three kilograms and that's a big deal when flying. Yeah. You're trying to bring every case in under at twenty three, but there's a lot of um, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of thought that goes into that of um, actually checking all the gear, getting all the weights of everything, making sure it's going to work. We've got a little handheld scale <laughs> that everything goes through that process of like, is it going to fit? <laughs> Is it going to get on there? And there's many, um, we've been at the airports quite a few times where we just had to rip some, a pedal off the board and shove it in a bag or yeah. do things like that. Wow. Buy a new and I thought, because we, when we do trade shows, you know, we have a similar thing because we're taking all our mate, you know, but we've, we, I, I mean, I, 
there's a perverse part of me that really enjoys that optimization. I don't know whether, you know, it can be very frustrating, but it's also, it, are you all getting into it? Because there's a certain amount of man in shed about that kind of stuff, I think. I think it's mainly me that gets very, very obsessive about this, but I come from a design background, so I'm always going to be like looking how to better it or how to engineer something in a smarter way and how to get the most out of it. And it, it shaves money off, like it, it's time. time spent, but like um, it's like, yeah, okay, okay you've got I've to spend got 400 quid on a new case. Here's a proposition for but, you. So all those metal cases that are surrounding everything... There's no reason whatsoever that they couldn't be drilled to uh, to create even more space and ventilation, or maybe replaced with a lighter weight alternative. How's that for? How's that for? With, a thought for today. That, well, that's exactly thing. it. That's it's a big um, thing that we're trying to figure out as well. Yeah, how to keep the weight down, and that's why we've cho chosen these types of pedal boards as well because they're uh, they're made by Temple boards, um, but they're the lightest ones. They're aluminium craft, uh, aluminium grade. Uh, yeah, what you call it? Aircraft, Aircraft grade. Craft aluminium so they are super super lightweight right and every little detail like that is considered like if there's a screw in there that doesn't need to be in there it's coming off because he's shaving every sort of gram off of it well it makes a difference how interesting optimization of, of weight so uh, i didn't know uh, so what's next for you guys then have you got like a series of gigs coming up and you're rehearsing for these now or you know are you ready to do a number of dates i noticed you've got some coming up october november december i mean what's the what's the big run what how long is the the next longest run for you yeah we've just got a few festival shows over the summer now um uh, and then yeah starting from october? october is the uk tour the uk leg of the tour and then there's the hope to get to the States for November as well. But it's kind of a visa dependent at the moment, yeah. which will be, that's quite a big run, actually. That will be our most intense one, I think, because it's like five weeks and it's pretty relentless. Yeah. Close to six. Wow. It's, a, it's pretty much straight from the UK over to America. And that's always like the clincher because you have to kind of switch out a few things from like, oh, well, we can take this on UK because we can like toss it in the back of a van. But if we need to like fly everything over, you then got to change to like fly rig, which takes a bit of time. But we'll probably have a day. <laughs> Yay, thanks for that day. <laughs> wow. I mean, but I suppose this is part of the thing. If you're doing things independently, unless you are, you know, you have uh, tour logistics, uh, uh, you're hired, you know, the, it used to be the tour support was provided by the record company, but that's all changed now. But it's down to the, the artist to sort that stuff out and the record company kind of just kind of go, oh, you're going to be in, um, but you know, wherever it is, insert small. We've got, we'd like you to do an interview there. They just bought, they, they, they sort of flipped, the initiatives flipped somewhat, hasn't it? So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, our fussy selves as well, we've we've kind of asked our management when they're looking for um supports to have because our gear is so much cables and stuff everywhere, we we kind of don't want a support act that's got a drum kit because right. we we would then have to move all of our like some of the stage that we're on are obviously still really, really small. Um mm. and then having to move all of our kit because the support's got a drum kit is can be really yeah. like well we don't have enough space it's like everything. another thing to think about isn't it because yeah. like like especially with my stuff because it's in the central we still have to think oh like when when the support plays we have to move that out the way yeah. and then back in again so everything has to be kind of together 
I mean, it, it will look better than this. <laughs> this well, is I, a work in progress. I understand. I mean, one thing to maybe look into uh, is the possibility of going to something like MADI or Cat5 based things so that you just have network cables and a little breakout box so that you don't need to deal with that. I can see Dave's got something to say on this. We, we are, we are, this is already what we do essentially, but we're using the radial catapult system. So it's all analog audio over Cat5, right. which from doing that is. That's what we means. We it's the reason why we can fly it. Otherwise, we'd be running whopping great XLR looms for. Cause we're running twenty four channels now, which is a lot. Yeah. But it means there's only like six, six cat five cables that run from each rig, and it's super lightweight. And then they're easy to get hold of. Like yeah. they're cheap as chips and easy to get hold of. And yeah. we could pick some of that stuff up at a music store when we arrive wherever we land which makes it like for bigger tours. Don't want to be doing that on a smaller stint. It's not sustainable doing that. <laughs> Hopping around with cables galore. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it makes it a damn sight lighter. Well, okay, guys. I mean, I know you've got uh, rehearsals to get back to. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, so what, but what's, what's next for you? What's, what's coming up next? So the next thing directly coming up is going to be our Metropolis live stream where we're going to record two tracks live to vinyl so we can't make any mistakes <laughs> and we will also do a live stream of a half an hour 40 minute show as well and we'll kind of do a Q&A run through some of the gear sort of bits as well and just you generally get to just see around Metropolis Studios and how things work there excellent so uh, that presumably everybody can find that at elderisland.com uh, is that the uh, the way way to get through yeah to yeah yeah or I think it'll be on Songkick or Bands in Town um, you can get tickets via that link okay. but yeah or our socials our socials is a good place we're constantly posting um updates and link for tickets and things like that great well thank you very much i wish you all the best in the future see you around thank you very much nick yeah thank you nick it's, it's been a pleasure yeah absolute pleasure